Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. So let's read Joshua 22 together, verses 1 to 10. And we can go from there. Is it on the screen? Look at that. Lovely. Then Joshua called together the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. He told them, you have done as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and you have obeyed every order I have given you. During all this time, you have not deserted the other tribes. You have been careful to obey the commands of the Lord your God right up to the present day. And now the Lord your God has given the other tribes rest as he promised them. So go back home to the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you as your possession on the east side of the Jordan River. But be very careful to obey all the commands and the instructions that Moses gave to you. Now I want to pause right here. Okay, so these three tribes that we're having a conversation with right now are the ones that wanted to settle on the east side of the Jordan. These three tribes that Joshua is talking to are the ones that didn't want to go into the promised land. Okay, do we remember this? We did cover this. And they wanted to stay. They actually found a good plot of land on the east side and they said they wanted to stay. But the requirement was that they had to go with the other Israelites and fight for the land to possess the land. Okay, do you remember this? So this is, this is what's happened. They've, they've got the land, the Israelites have fought and they've done it, and now Joshua is basically giving them permission and blessing to go back. Okay, and I, I admire that. I admire those three tribes right there. Why? Because they're obedient to the very end, even if their lives were at risk. They were faithful to their other Israelite tribes, and they were faithful to, the, to their word. They were faithful to the word. They said, they did what they said they were going to do. And God rewards that. And that's what we call faithfulness. That's what we believe is faithfulness. They were faithful to their word. Are you with me? And what's, that's what these three tribes are getting blessing for. Because God has seen their faithfulness. They've been true to their word. And now Joshua is blessing them to go back east of the Jordan and let them live in their blessing. But I want to pause right here in verse, um, verse 5. When it says these instructions, it says, Play very careful, be very careful to obey the commands and the instructions that Moses gave to you. Now, remember, these instructions that came from Moses were from the very mouth and the presence of God. They were directly from God, through Moses, to the people. So they, it'd be wise to take good attention to them, pay good attention to them. So, number one, and again, this is important to us, as, as important to us today as it was back then. Love the Lord your God. And we know that Jesus said that this is the number one thing, the most important thing we could ever do is love the Lord your God. And what does it look like to love the Lord your God? Now, why, why do we call what we call to love the Lord your God? I personally believe it's because we're made for relationship. And the greatest source to make relationships thrive is love. And when we're honouring our, our spouses or whatever it may be with, with words of love and affirmation, that, ca- that causes the other person to respond and to be moved. And we're called, whether it's in worship, whether it's in what we do or what we say or how we live or what we sacrifice, we can show our love to our Father by all these different things. And like I say, but why are we called to love? I believe because it's the greatest source of relationship because that's what you and I are called to do. Number two, walk in all his ways. Now, what does that mean? For me, it believes imitate him, walk like him. And what these three tribes got hold of they imitated his faithfulness. They imitated his 
by being obedient and to their word. They were true to their word. So imitating God, walking in his ways, walking in the fruit of the Spirit. And so now we now have the rest of the Bible that we can see the true nature of God just through Jesus Christ. And we can learn to walk like him like never before. But in this instance, I want to highlight the nature of the faithfulness of God. The same God that has the faithfulness to keep the covenant with Abraham or Abram in uh, Genesis 15, and which is now coming into being in, in Joshua. To walk in his ways. So we've got love the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So don't just love him, but look like him. And we tend to become like the people we spend time with, I think. And I think when I got married, I wasn't the same person I am now. We start talking a bit similar to, to one another. We start thinking a well, we start thinking a certain way like one another. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? The more you spend time with someone, the more you adapt each other's characteristics, our characteristics and nature. So walk in his ways. Obey his commands. Another one which the, these guys are doing the free tribes. They obeyed his command. They, they didn't just obey his command. They made the command of Moses and Joshua. They were faithful to those in authority over them. They, they listened to them. They did what they said. Even if they didn't agree with them. You know, I don't want to go to the other side of the Jordan, but I'm still going to follow you and I'm still going to be obedient regardless if I agree with you or not. Again, that's honoring your leaders. Number three. Number four, sorry. One of my favorites. Hold firmly to him. What does it look like to hold family to him? One of my favorite illustrations, he doesn't know I'm going to share this, but my mother-in-law will always talk about when Rachel was a baby. Rachel's my wife. She's at the front here, the good-looking one. Um, <laughs> when she was a baby, she never, her mum never had to hold her because she would just get into her leg and just grip on with her fingers and her toes, and her mum could just walk around <laughs> with this little baby on her leg because her, Rachel just wanted to be holding on to her mum the whole time because she had two other sisters as well. So what does it look like to hold on to God? I love that. Just gripping on to God no matter what. You know, and Psalm 91 talks about that he that dwells within the shelter of the Most High, no evil will overcome him. So if you want to avoid warfare, I'd say the secret to that is cling on to him. Let him shelter you. Let him be your refuge. Let him be your strong tower. Hold on to him. And that's the secret. If you stay close to Jesus, you're going to be all right. You cling on to God, you're going to be okay. I promise you that. And if you stay in the secret place, he that dwells within heavenly places, I'm pretty sure the enemy can't get up there. So if you dwell with things on high, if you're seated on Christ, if you do this, get this as a lifestyle, you're going to be pretty untouchable. Does that make sense? Good. So hold firmly to him. You know, you get your, get, grip your fingers and legs around his leg if you need to. All right, this is what Rachel likes to do. And serve him. That's the last one. Serve him. So what does it look like to serve him? You can serve his church, you can serve his people. And as I spoke about earlier, we are all within Christ. You know, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That means we are in it, we are in him and he is in us. Therefore, each and every one of you here, we need to treat each other the way we would treat Jesus. By serving him, by serving one another. When you do things for someone, you're not just doing it for them, you're doing it for the him above. And Jesus says, for the last, the least, and the lost, those guys that have kind of been cast away from society, if you do things for them, you're doing it on to me. And if you do things for the church, because we believe the church is the body of Christ, you are the church. How can you serve him? You can serve him by loving one another and going from there. And notice that these three tribes, coming back to the three tribes, notice that they, they came back. Actually, no, sorry, I haven't got that far yet. We've got to read some more. Forgive me. 
Just keeping you on your toes, don't worry. Keeping myself on my toes more like, crikey. Okay. So, and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went home. Moses had given the land to Bashan, east of the Jordan River, to the half-tribe of Manasseh. The other half of the tribe was given land west of the Jordan. As Joshua sent them away and blessed them, he said to them, Go back to your homes with your great wealth, with great wealth you have taken from your enemies, the vast herds of livestock, the silver, gold, bronze, and iron, and the large supply of clothing. Share the plunder with your relatives. So the men of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh Left the, left, left the rest of Israel at Shiloh in the land of Canaan. They started the journey back to their own land of Gilead, the territory that belonged to them according to, Lord, according to the Lord's command through Moses. Okay, so what I was going to get to is this. That because of their obedience and faithfulness, they came back with more than they already were going to have. If they would have stayed put and just stuck to themselves, they came back with all these riches, all these golds, all these things. And I believe it's because God is a God of rewarding. God rewards faithfulness. You look at someone like Daniel. I love the book of Daniel. Why? Because he's faithful to God. He doesn't compromise his religion just because he's surrounded on every side by a pagan religion, the Babylonian Empire. He's thrown into the lion's den so much. You've got Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. He is faithful to his father. He is faithful to God. He clings on to him regardless of what is surrounding him. And how does, how does that make us view? How does Nebuchadnezzar view Daniel? He puts him into the highest place. He's, he's called the chief of magicians. He gets so much favor in the Babylonian empire from being faithful, not only to his father, but being a good servant, to being faithful to the pagan empire. And how does that, how does that work? Because of his heart, because of his mind. And we're not just called to be faithful to our father. We're called to be faithful to our, our commitments our words, letting our yes be yes and our no be no. And if we're committing something, that we follow through with it. Does that make sense? And this is exactly what Daniel represented in the kingdom. He was faithful and he obeyed and he submitted to the authority. But at the same time, he did not compromise his faith in Jehovah and Yahweh. And the same with Joseph. Joseph grew in so much favor under Egypt that he was placed at the, he was the second hand man. Is that the right word? So to Pharaoh, right-hand man, thank you, Amos. Right-hand man to Pharaoh because of his faithfulness, because of his heart, because of his posture. Even if he didn't agree with who he was serving, he had the faithfulness. And I ask myself and ask us, are we faithful? Are we faithful to the church? Are we faithful to our family? Are we faithful to our friends? Is our, when we say yes to something, do we really commit? And are we faithful to our Father? Are we faithful to, to cling on to him, to run to him, to, to pursue him? Or do we, you know, do we um, compromise what our beliefs are in just to fit in with somebody else? Or do we stand out? Do we say, no, I'll go through the fire. I'll go through the fire when nobody else says I will. No, nobody else will. I won't bow to this idol when everybody else is. Are we the kind of people that are going to be faithful to the call that is in our lives, the faithful that the God is in us, faithful to the God that is in us? Because that's exactly what we're called to do. And we know that we're called to imitate our Father. And that is exactly who our Father is. He's so incredibly faithful to his word. He's faithful to complete the covenant that he gave to the Israelites in Exodus. That covenant is fulfilled through Jesus. He's faithful to, to fulfill the covenant he gave to Abraham. Abraham. And we see it where we've read that it's been fulfilled. 
He's faithful to fulfill every prophecy that's within the Old Testament. It talks about Jesus. He's faithful to come again. And we are called as, as children of God to imitate our Father in being faithful to him and to one another. You know, when I was probably 14, 15, I was at a baptism and um, it was a, it was a, he was a friend. Yeah, he was a friend. Let's say he was a friend. Just had to make that decision quickly. Um, but he wasn't a very good friend at the time. And I, I, was, I was there to support his baptism because, you know, we support spiritual things, don't we? So I was there to support his baptism, and it was, it was great. It was a good baptism. It was, it was good fun. But as part of me, it was just a little bit disappointed because it was the kind of friendship where I was, it was giving a lot and I wasn't really receiving a lot. And it was just kind of just felt taken advantage of, and it wasn't that great of a friendship. But we had some history. So I was there at the baptism, and um, straight after the baptism, I go up to him and I say to him, I'm always going to be there for you. And it was like, I didn't, I didn't even mean to say it, but something within me just rushed up to him and, and said, whilst he's drying off, I said, I'm always going to be there for you. And, and sadly, it wasn't magic water and he wasn't fixed instantly. You know, it, it, the, uh, the, it carried on after I said those words. You know, I was kind of expecting the baptism to get away everything, which it does, obviously, but it's not obviously always instantaneous. So I had these words in place that I'd given to him. And the friendship didn't change. The friendship was still quite similar, and I wasn't getting a lot out. I didn't really feel appreciated. But I always had those words in place that I'm always going to be there for you. No matter how many times it gets bad, I'm always going to be there for you. And I'm so, so glad that I, I stuck to those words. Because in the, in the rubbish times, I could still say to him, I'll be there for you and I'll always come back and I'll always honour you, I'll always love you because I was bonded to those words and I felt called as a son to be like my father and to imitate the words that I pour into people. And that's what we're all called to imitate. And I'm obviously not perfect. But there's another illustration when I was in Nashville. Rachel's from Nashville. We're in a, um, a service in um, Iris Nashville, it's called. And I was sitting next to a guy who I knew but I didn't know. Do we know those people? You kind of know him, but you don't know him. It's a little bit awkward. But he was English as well, and we're both in America, so we thought we had, like, this common ground. So let's sit together, obviously. And so I've never really spoken to him before, and it just so happened he was in Nashville. And I'm sitting there in the service, and I feel God say to me, Nathan, I want you to make a covenant with this guy. And for one, I didn't really know what a covenant was at the time. I was like, okay. I, I didn't, I, you know it's God when it's not that your kind of terminology. Right, so I'm sitting there and thinking, oh, I don't really want to make a covenant with this guy. I don't really know him. I'm just feel like I should be nice to him and sit with him because he's English, you know. And we're both English people in Nashville, um, so maybe I should. Um, and anyway, so I'm just mulling this over, and then worship goes on, and then it just so happens that the church are doing a, a series on relationships. I'm like, brilliant relationships, good idea. And then this guy gets up to speak and he says, oh, yeah, we're going to be speaking on relationships today, but we're talking on covenant relationships. And I was like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, help me. So he's speaking on covenant relationships and the whole thing is about being faithful to one another, about having covenant relationship with one another. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I know I've got to do this now. So I say to this guy after the, after the service and I say to him, hey, excuse me, this may sound a little bit weird, but I feel that like God is calling me into a covenant relationship with you. And he's like, okay, great. And, we, and in that moment, we kind of gave each other our word that we would be there, we'd be friends, no matter where we are around the world, that we would um, 
be, just be there for one another. We'd have that Jonathan-David kind of relationship. And obviously that doesn't happen overnight, so it was a little bit awkward. It was like, I'm committing to you to be your best friend, even though I don't know you. And as about a, years go on, I don't really talk to him. You know, about a year goes on, and all of a sudden, just so happens, we end up in the same football team. And from that, we're spending weeks together, and we're going to training and things. And, and God makes this covenant come into blossom. And now he's one of my closest friends. But I know from those two ties, those ties of words, that God is so, um, he's put so, such a high agenda on our words, on our covenants, or our faithfulness to people. So I want to just encourage us all today, and we all know this, don't we? We've heard the, the five steps to getting out on the boat. We've heard a lot of the same sermons over again about forgiving one another and all this kind of stuff. And, and this stuff is, like I said, we're taken in different stages when men are grow and walk in it, when men are adapt, when men are like a child. It doesn't just say on milk for this whole life. When men are activate so we can walk in greater things and greater things and greater things. But I want to encourage us today that these three tribes... They were blessed for their faithfulness, not only to, to God, but to their other tribes, to their brothers, to their sisters. And they walked in abundance for it. And you look at the abundance that they received, it wasn't just like a, a one-time check of 200 pound. That was stock overflowing with abundance. And sometimes we get afraid of, of God, like we get awkward with people blessing us, when actually the reality is God wants to bless his children. If you look at the fruit of people like Abraham, Job, jo- Joseph, Daniel, these guys are blessed and blessed abundantly. More, they, they, Their lives stood out above the rest from the favor of God resting upon them. And these guys they had the root of faithfulness in their heart and their minds. And I believe God is looking for a faithful people, faithful to his church, faithful to one another, and faithful to him.